Hi, welcome to the Big Self Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Prevost. And I'm your host, Shelly Prevost. And today we're going to dive right in to answer a question we get from time to time as our company has grown and evolved over the past year and a half. What exactly is Big Self? Shelly, why do wives use twice as many words as their husbands? I don't know, Chad. Why? Because they always have to repeat themselves. Uh, That's not not true in our house at all. No, I'm always listening really well, mirroring. The first time, don't you? (laughs) Actually, sometimes I do, and then I go ahead and forget, even if it's on the calendar. Yeah. 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 It's so weird because sometimes I'm like, I know he's connecting with what I'm saying. <laughs> and then I, yeah. a few days later, I'm like, do you remember that conversation? Do you remember what we said? Now, what, I have to say, sometimes you're saying things to me while there's a lot of other things going on. I'm sure other people can relate to this. Hello. That's... Welcome to the human condition. <laughs> <laughs> you got to power right. through that. You gotta, okay. All right. Fair enough. And also, I guess you would also say that I often use many words myself. You are quite loquacious. (laughs) But hopefully we will just be straight to the point for everyone on today's episode, helping everybody understand what Big Self is, uh, clarifying it to the world because you know what? Well, it has been an evolution. It's kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a weird concept and we get asked quite a bit, like, what, what do you mean? Like, what is big self? Like, yeah. How, what do you guys do with that? And to, I don't know if I'm muddying the waters before I begin to clear them, but the, the you know, the idea behind big self is a paradox. Uh, we, you know, we, because this is why we want people to do the inner work before they're taking these big leaps. So, you know, and to use the famous Thomas Merton ladder quote that we have been using from the very beginning is we want people to their ladder to be leaning on the right wall in the first place and be motivated for the right reasons. Or even if, you know, they, you might come to us in burnout or crisis, maybe knowing your ladder is on not leaning on the right wall. And we still begin with the inner work. We do it through self-awareness training. And I would say for lack of a better word, personality hacking. Yeah. What's the Thomas Merton quote? Do you know it? Uh, Some people climb to the top of the ladder of success only to find that their ladder was leaning on the wrong wall. Close. I'll let it slide. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Clarify. Many people spend their entire lives climbing the ladder of success only to realize when they reach the top that their ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. Very good. Well, Boom. you should be in your pride. I, I self think I've right said there. that quote probably a hundred times in the last few years. Okay. Well, you've heard. Yeah. It. And so the other thing with Big Self, um, it is a lot. We have lots of conversations about ego because ego is really kind of the conscious brain. Uh, what we think about as the false self, yes. or false selves. Uh, but the thing is with ego is it's really important. Where there is no ego, there is no mental health. And so unpacking what the ego means, what it looks like. Uh, We didn't want people to pursue their true self and their authentic self at the expense of doing or sacrifice of doing big ambitious work in the world. And so that's where the paradox, 
it comes in. I think thank you're talking you. About. Yes, for for clarifying the other part real quick. And right now, basically, what we're doing is we're working with businesses uh, in a consulting and a coaching way to help them improve their communication first, often their culture. If you want to get a little higher level, so that's why our audience, you know, is wanting to know when we're talking about personality types in order to shortcut to the inner growth. That's why we're doing this, to help improve communication and really focusing on that through the lens of the Enneagram we've uh, indexed on that hard this past year. Well, I want to add that our work and perspective is uh, necessarily deeper and more soul-filled, I would say. Um, And so... I, I believe, and I've strongly believed this for a very, very long time, that who we are is how we lead. And there are these arbitrary kind of distinctions between how we are at work and how we are at home or with friends and all these different places in our lives and roles. And I I don't see it that way. I think that we are who we are, wherever we are. And so doing this deeper kind of soul-based work I believe, and what we're going to talk about today a little bit, is what leads to greater leadership, greater impact, greater work, uh, and relationships at work. And so we really are intentionally blurring the lines between work and home and life and all those things because it's, uh, they're so integrated. And so we kind of touch all of that. I really, I I like that. And, you know, you will never be tested more on how well you've grown or integrated these parts of yourself than when you're under stress. Absolutely. Right. Really like that you you, the way you said that. And so just for our audience's sake, uh, you know, I think that when you see us talking um, on topics like burnout, or healthy work culture, maybe even things like shorter work weeks, maybe being a little more productive, having good boundaries. Those are topics through which we funnel things that you might actually be going through. But again, we do try to bring it back to beginning with the self and beginning with, you know, like that inner growth to, to mm-hmm. make the outer impact. Yeah, because when I think about self-development work, it really is making the unconscious conscious because we are all kind of working in the world, walking through the world with these very automatic patterns of behaviors that we aren't, we are rarely aware of why we do what we do. And Mm -hmm. so our work at Big Self is really um, helping people kind of unearth, excavate all that unconscious stuff so that they become clear-eyed, clear-headed uh, and move into those things that you were just mentioning, that the outer manifestations so, of this work. Yes. And so in the next few minutes, these are a few things that we're going to hit on, the how the idea for the name came about in the first place. Uh, Shelly, do you want to tip us off to the other things? Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how, um, what we've mentioned earlier, just the idea that big self work is managing your ego, uh, and also focusing on, uh, and developing the true self, the authentic self. So it's kind of that combination of work. Um, we're going to look a little bit, talk a little bit about how the, our initial focus was around burnout and why, 
And we will continue to be talking about burnout as it reaches its tentacles into so many different facets of our lives. And we have some really excellent experts who are going to be able to speak to that on some upcoming episodes. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, We're going to dive in a little bit to why we use the Enneagram as uh, the main tool in our toolbox for this work. And also how we apply this work to leaders in the professional setting. So um, stay tuned. And I think that you guys are really going to like this this episode. Yeah. So, okay, let's tip it off, Shelly. What is Big Self? Well, we don't need to go too much deeper into this since we already kind of introduced this idea. But overall, there is this paradox between working on the self, those sub-personalities that are running the show that we're often not aware of, that self is in charge. And I'm going to just overall try to summarize this real quick and see what you might want to add to it. But I feel like the self, we could say in, in the soul, soulness of ourself, there is, there is this essence, it's operating behind the scenes and we are trying to help just get in control of Mm. that ego and those things that are making us on autopilot, helping us see those blind spots and, you know, maybe giving us a little humility in all of it. And then after that, say, what should you do? What, what do you want to do? Be creative, be aspirational, be ambitious and go for what you want to do in the world. So that's the the self and the big together. Yeah. So I would start with this. Um, so the, the, the idea of big self, I originally learned from Zen Buddhism, a concept that, that has been a part of, um, their study and teachings forever, I guess. Um, and I really loved the distinction that, that, that they make between the little self, the big self, and even the no self. And so the little self, think about that as your personality, the false self, the, your identity, the, the demographics that you identify with. And by that, it's you know all the things that we check the boxes for on all the applications we fill out. Uh, even our beliefs, you know, things that we believe, those are all aspects of the little self. They're manifestations of ego, which is, again, important. We need it. But there is the big self is kind of the, the, the transcending, the evolutionary kind of move, moving away from ego alone as driving the ship. Um, and the big self is really, think of it like the higher self, the higher consciousness. It's when you, I feel like when I'm able to manage my reactivity of all my masks and personas, then I'm able to tap in to a little bit more of a centered, authentic, calm uh, place in myself. And to me, that is big self. Um, and there's, there's ways that we'll talk about in a minute for how to develop that. And then Zen Buddhists also talk about no self. And I think that's rare. That's the transcending the ego, transcending any kind of attachments. And most of us will never get to that in our lifetime. We'll never get that enlightened. So, but the idea of big self, I think that's really, really great work to pursue. And I think we all have a big self and I all, I think we all can pursue it and bring it more and more into our consciousness. And our equation that we've kind of put together is big ideas plus true self equals big self. 
So, so there, yeah. there, there it is. And yeah. I, well, I just want that, that formula kind of came to me a few years ago because I was so struggling and in this like dark place with burnout. And I was like, okay, I know I need to tap back into a truer, more authentic place in myself, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to just kind of kumbaya myself through life and like not be ambitious oh, yeah. and not have dreams and goals and right. impact. So it, it, that idea, um, was what, what I came up with. Like, how do we continue to have kind of almost like harnessed or tamed big ideas and still pursuing kind of this authentic, deeper work? Um, that to me, that is by definition, big self, big self work. I like that. You know, in different ways, we might fail or run into burnout with our identities, with things that we go through at life. We might be cracked open. And when that happens, when you kind of get humbled, you, you, you know, you have a danger, I think, of sort of staying there, resigning yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it didn't work out. I know that I went, when I, it's another story I'll save for another time. But when I went through uh, what I felt like was a massive a failure of what I had set out my life agenda to do, that I didn't feel freed from it. And it's taken quite a lot of work to redefine, reimagine setting my life on what my ladder on the right wall. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, actually, this reminds me too, there's different ways to use some of uh, our skills or what we, you know, you can do a typing, you can kind of just learn about yourself with the Enneagram. And if you don't know anything about it, if you, if you haven't done much work at all, that's an entry point. It's just, it's good to like kind of get a sense of what we're talking about that way. You can also ultimately use it in really impactful ways with yourself and organizations and go deeper into it surely from a psychological point of view. And we can appreciate that. And I think you can see big results and impacts through it as a typing mechanism that way. It's part of the power, powerful qualities of the Enneagram. And then I think if you did want to take it even deeper into some of the spiritual elements that we're talking about, you can use it as a spiritual tool as well. It's it's powerful. And that's why we really believe in it. Yeah. I, I want to go back to our formula though for a minute <clears throat> because I want to say that it does, uh, the effectiveness of this starts with the pursuit of true self uh, or, or the self. You know, I think that's like, we have to Absolutely. really do that work uh, to discover and kind of rediscover really who we are what we desire, what we envision, what our mission is, like really do this, you know, these deeper questions, this kind of introspection. And then I think we can go back to thinking about um, the effectiveness of the ego. Mm. It's almost like the engine to help us then bring that true self into the world in more sustainable kind of um, yeah. impactful ways. And so, so I, I want to say this, and I love this quote from, um, I think I heard it from Aranyo, our teacher. Okay. Um, this, you know, learning the, con- the understanding the self or f- discovering the self is, is much about discovering who you're not 
as who you are. Mm-hmm. And so when you begin to learn about all the varieties of ego and how they show it shows up in these false selves, these masks that we wear through the world, yeah. then you can start to really unpack like, okay, if that's not me, then who is me? And so it's a little bit sure. of an inverse to way to think about doing this work. Well, I like that idea, but you know, to keep it practical and so people don't feel overwhelmed if they're just kind of walking into doing a little bit of the work. Yes, it's a lifelong process and there and you should go deep and be introspective, but also if you're wanting some immediate results and some quick like fixes, honestly, through a little bit of work, you can f- see results right away. So I think that's part of the the, the power. Yeah. Well, let me give one example. Okay. Um, and that might help people think about how this could apply to their lives. Yeah. So, um, for me, you know, and I've talked about this before. I have a very strong pusher. So a part of me, a sub personality, uh, is what I call it. Like it's a very it's a it's a face of the ego for my ego for me is. Um, very strong pusher to to keep me doing a lot all the time. Yeah. So, and it gets me in trouble. You know, it leads me to uh, resentment. <laughs> it leads me to burnout. It leads me to exhaustion. And so I I've learned and studied. Okay, this is a an aspect of my personality that I'm not. I'm not really that. And so, okay, if I'm not that, then who am I? Well, mm. part of my path, my inner work I'm doing a lot right now is around humility. And so by humility, I mean understanding and owning my own limitations. And that is a way that I counteract this ego pusher. And it's, um, I'm telling you, like the pusher, it is unconsciously embedded in me. Like I don't even realize I'm doing it until I'm like exhausted or mad um, or feel like I'm not doing enough. And, you know, so, so understanding this cycle for myself and then I can counteract it by going deeper into, okay, I am like humility is an intrinsic quality of the big self. And so how do I now pursue that with more consciousness? Because now I'm aware of this pattern. I see it. I see how it gets me in trouble and the ego always run, it can run amok and get us into really bad shape if it's not kept in check. And and we keep it in check through this inner work of how do we counteract the ego with some of these other kind of big self attributes. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. (laughs) I think we could go deep into that on another episode. Let's, uh, yeah. And I mean, I've got plenty that I could share too. Uh, but let's say, let's say that right now, number two is, you know, ultimately we do believe that the self is good and not to get overly theological here, but just basically this is, I think what we're going for when we talk about the, the different ways that the ego can get distorted is, is that when you go to this higher level of work, there are states of being you could say characteristics of your, what we call this true self to keep clarifying what we mean by that. You can, there are, there are aspects of each of our personalities that you can grow into. Like you can grow into a deeper level of compassion, of joy, uh, humility. We've mentioned vulnerability. For me, the path would be equanimity, uh, different levels that, you know, you can hope to arrive at, Occasionally, some people believe you can be at it only in little tiny bits, but mm-hmm. 
Whatever it is, I think that we can step into these traits and we can be able to do them even in stress. And that is a sign of growth and maturity. That's, I think, an ultimate higher goal, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of debate around, uh, certainly in theological circles, kind of, you know, we, we talk about original sin or, you know, concepts of like human depravity. Um, in psychology as well, um, you know, these the uh, id impulses that Freud talked about, like there's right. behavioristic kind of uh, tendencies that are not great all the time. So you can find a lot of people debating the the value, the virtue of the self, and we are landing down on the side of this, we believe the self is ultimately good. Uh, there's we we subscribe. I subscribe more to the humanistic um, kind of framework around thinking about self development. Uh, and I've you know you and I've debated this a little bit too. Uh, and I've asked yep. like, have you ever met an evil infant? <laughs> we don't yeah. come into the world with psychopathology and uh, and yes, there's genetic predispositions and nurture and nature and blah blah blah. We could talk about all that, but yeah, another episode ultimately. You know, and and this idea is a lot around personality development. We come into the world uh, with these natural traits that you just mentioned: compassion, joy, humility, uh, vulnerability, equanimity. And as a part of the human condition and growing into a functioning person, we necessarily have to lose touch with some of those attributes in the pursuit of our own survival. Right. And so getting back in touch with the goodness that is already there in us, we believe is rediscovering your big self, you know, and then these, these, uh, these really intrinsic qualities that get covered up and kind of disconnected from as we, as we go through life and become adults. And so, yeah, that's, um, I, I think it's, a little bit of excavating is the word I always think of to tap into that big self or that, you know, the big, it literally is big self. It's capital S self, but it can be done. It's, um, it's with through practice, through daily kind of weekly practices is what we teach and talk about. Like, how do you do that? So, uh, you can pursue these, these more, these higher characteristics. Yes, you can. That leads us into number three, the big self can be developed. Yes, you can do it too. Uh, and you know, I think it begins- well, We're all doing it. This is a lifetime path, right? I mean, we're all doing it if we're doing it, yeah. I guess. You know, I think it is a lifelong path. And, you know, and, but I think that if you're beginning with yourself and you are, you know, like what's kind of point one? Well, when you self-observe, uh, and you know we've we can go into a whole episode on how do you self observe, but when you begin doing that and developing your self awareness, I think the beginning point is to manage your reactivity. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we can't really begin to develop that bigger self until you can kind of manage the little self, and that's a reactive kind of scared. Uh, protective place that we come from. So, and there's three three th- three stages, I guess, of managing reactivity uh, okay. of the little self. And so, I'll share those here. The first one is: is you watch it and you f- you feel what you feel, but you don't act on it. And so, you see the feelings, you see your reaction, you see things kind of get triggered, but you don't act on it. 
So hard to do. Incredibly hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) Evidenced by our conversation this morning. That's what I was just thinking. Uh, And number two, uh, the second stage of this is that when you feel it, you don't act it out and you change how you feel. And this is not talked about that much. Yeah, it's not. Because most mainstream psychology, certainly it's kind of like, well, your feelings are valid. Your feelings are what they are. Right. You know, you should that's respect people's point. feelings. And I, and I believe that, but yeah. I don't think that's, um, we should stop there. I think that we should feel what we feel, but not act it out. And then, and then we can begin to really do some deeper work to change, actually change how we feel so we don't have that reactivity. And okay. then the third one is to nurture an inner state so you don't feel affected by it at all. Like it yeah, doesn't well, even. That is definitely getting into a bigger self. Like, so, I know, but so, so those are great. Those are great. And thanks for those specifics. Uh, be, you know, but um, I think that this is the perfect time to say, and this is why all of us handle these things. All of us interpret these feelings uh, and the way that we nurture our inner state in, in very different ways. Because we're very different people. Yes. Yeah. And so that is why I am saying that the Enneagram is such a helpful, useful tool when you dive into it, even just a little bit. I've been, you and I have been doing this kind of work, inner work to one degree or another for a long time. I've been journaling my entire adult life. I've done a lot of uh, psychological study and evaluation, but man, when, I mean, the Enneagram nails you in certain parts. Mm -hmm. And, And you said something beautiful about each type uh, the other day. How did you how did you say it? Yeah, I was talking with uh, a client. We were typing her and she found her type and she immediately said, oh, this is the horse type. I don't want to be this type. Right. And I said, oh, I said, well, here's the thing. All types are beautiful and all types are tragic. That is so well said. We need to get that into uh, our book. because that is because there isn't any Enneagram personality type that is worse or better than another. They're really, I I believe this, we all have our own things and that, you know, and they're all, we all have some superpowers and we all have some blind spots and shadow sides that we need to be able to address. I want to say this because we've not ever talked about this on the podcast or anything, but I think this is where the Enneagram, um, kind of elucidates your path, lights your path, is is in the stages of awareness. And so the levels of awareness that that we're taught by our teachers, um, you can, you know, part of the development that the Enneagram helps you do is move from a lower level of awareness to a higher level of awareness. That higher level of awareness takes a lot of work. It's a lot of psychological development, a lot of self-observation, <laughs> a lot of spiritual development, kind of moving through a crisis uh, and integrating all those lessons. So it takes a lot of work, but as you level up your levels of awareness and become more tuned in, to me, that's where you access your big self. You know, as you get more and self-aware, more aware of how you show up for people, how they impact you or trigger you, then you disconnect, you disidentify with that lower self, the little self, the ego, and you begin to step into your big self. Um, but it does take, for many of us, it takes a lifetime, you know, and you and I have been doing this work for a long time with the Enneagram for the last few years. So 
uh, we're on this path with you all (laughs) and we mess it up all the time. But I think it's the power of the Enneagram is that at least it shows the way, it lights the way. Um, And that's encouraging for us anyway. And I hope for you all too. I think the brilliance of the Enneagram uh, to me as it continues to unfold is that it can be simple to use. And if that's where you need to be with it as you're thinking about it right now, then let it be there. There are nine types. You know, we don't have to talk. You don't even need to worry about centers of intelligence or instincts. It's just knowing your type can help a lot. Mm -hmm, But it does almost kaleidoscopically. That may be the biggest adverb that we've used today. That's impressive. Kaleidoscopically, as you like turn it a little bit, things do keep opening up. Like for instance, if you did think about how there's three instincts and you funnel them through your type into now there's 27 types. Well, it even opens up a little bit more if you know the stack of your your subtypes. And that gives it a variation of 54 types, mm-hmm. 27 times times two over there in the varieties of the stacks. Uh, so it does and, open up and get, yeah. And there's lo- different levels of awareness. Of so all of So it differentiates things. it even more. Oh. So, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it can get complex and people get overwhelmed. So I, I love that idea. Like starting, starting where you feel compelled to start. And if it's your type, just understanding your type. Yes. And those motivations and desires and core fears and blind spots, like that's a great, place like and, that's great and let, let I, we, we can wrap this up here but let's the reason that I also want to point out that you can enter it into a purely from a purely psychological point of view is to say if there if you have any kind of baggage with spirituality or religion that you can respectfully come into this and it is verifiable it is evidence-based it, it does work and is effective and you you don't have to bring bring the baggage of if you feel like it's when, whenever someone goes spiritual talking about it and they think oh it's new age speak and I need I'm a practical person and I'm a results driven person and I don't need this kind of you know new agey easy mystical type of talk yeah or touchy feely I get yeah. that a lot yeah it's touchy and, and and maybe it is like I I don't know it may feel that way to some people. But right. there is a, something really practical about it too. It's a shortcut That's to right. understand yourself and other people, uh, and you know, to bring it back to big self, um, to do deeper work. That we think when you do this work, you make not only a bigger impact um, in your life, in your mission, in your purpose, but you're able to do it in a sustainable way, a way that kind of is generative and keeps giving to yourself and to other people. And while we're beginning in our entry point here, working with organizations, in the end, this touches on every relationship that you will encounter in your life. Uh, mostly the most are the important ones. So this can help, these, these insights can help you in your relationship with your significant other. They can help you in your relationships with your children, uh, I can't, I mean, in every single dimension of your life. Colleagues. Yeah, and I think, yeah, even even, uh, understanding uh, from where you came, 
You know, I think yeah. like families of origin as we headed here into the holidays, mm. thinking about all the relationships that kind of get mashed back together oh, yeah. with families. And, and I think it does give, it gives such a lens of understanding. And I think from that, there's a lot of compassion that can come uh, for yourself and what you, how you grew up and how you became who you are, but also for the people that raised you. So with all of that said, go big, have aspirations and be ambitious and go home. Yes, we love it. it. We hope this is helpful as you all learn more about us. We would love to hear how you are pursuing your big self um, and how we can help. Um, I, you know, again, Chad's mentioned, but we do consulting with organizations. Um, we're doing one-on-one coaching with leaders in all kinds of industries. Uh, we've got a lot of things that we're working on for 2022. So reach out, let us know. Go to our website. You can find out more, www.bigselfschool.com. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. And we hope that this clarifies a little bit more who we are and what we do. Bye-bye.